Blog Talk Radio. Good Thursday evening to everyone, and welcome to another edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by BetAmerica.com. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and Mike, we're coming off a stellar weekend of live racing, including bit of a legend taking the George Morton Levy final at Yonkers. Yeah, certainly. It was a great, great day of racing. Jordan Stratton will be joining us, the uh, driver of Bit of a Legend. And uh, listen, Bit of a Legend was fantastic in victory, Mike. He uh, swept all the preliminary legs of the George Morton Levy and was able to take the finals uh, by a couple of lengths. So we'll talk to Jordan Stratton about that. But we've got a great guest list, Mike. But the big thing that we want to talk about, Mike, and I'll let you go ahead and do it, is the agreement with the Bet America Radio Network that uh, we have, Mike. Yeah, we uh, we announced it today uh, to all the media outlets. We're going to work with BetAmerica.com. The BetAmerica Radio Network uh, currently hosts a thoroughbred program by Jason Beam, but they're looking to uh, bring a little bit more flavor into it, Mike. So they're going to have some Greyhound stuff, and they're going to have some Harness stuff, and we are very excited that they have asked us to step in and uh, add to their Harness collection uh, coming up over the next couple of weeks. So we're really excited about working with Bet America uh, to help integrate some of what we bring to the show uh, into their programming. Yeah, it's certainly going to be fantastic. We'll talk more about that in a moment because we're going to have the executive producer of the Bet America Radio Network, Jason Beam, on. He's going to uh, be uh, on right about the top of the hour, 8 o'clock. We're definitely going over time today, Mike, because we're busy. We've got a busy show, but uh, we're going to talk to Jason about that. We've got a very busy show, Mike, and we're all over the place. We've got a Hall of Fame trainer, Jimmy Tactor. He's going to come up after the commercial break. We've got, of course, Jordan Stratt, one of the young up-and-coming drivers. We've got uh, an old thoroughbred announcer, executive director, of the Bet America Radio Network. We've got the director of racetrack operations, Barry Brown. He's going to talk to us about the mutual side of things. He's over at Harris, Philadelphia. And we've got Anthony McDonald, the driver and trainer, who's going to touch on fractional ownership. Of course, he's from the stable.ca. So, Mike, we are all over the board on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Something in it for everybody, I guess you could say. 
Definitely. Well, on the backside of this commercial break, we're going to have trainer Jimmy Tactor on. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike. You've got Mike Bozich and Mike Carter on this Thursday night, and we're joined now by Hall of Fame trainer Jimmy Tactor. Jimmy, welcome to the program once again. Thank you very much. Jimmy, first of all, your health. How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Um, you know, my shoulder is bothering me a little bit, but, uh, you know, I, overall I feel pretty good. All right. Now you've got a big weekend coming up. A couple of horses making their 2016 debuts. A couple of horses in to qualify at the Meadowlands on Saturday. But of course, I think what everybody uh, is talking about is the return of Always Be Mickey. Uh, made his return to the races uh, last Saturday at the Meadowlands. A pretty good effort. A quick closing second to Rock Eyed Optimus, the horse that has won six of eight so far this year. Really tore it up during the winter. Your thoughts on uh, the 2016 debut of one Always Be Mickey? I, I was actually very satisfied with his uh, performance, and uh, you know we, you know we never really discussed anything how to approach the horse in this race. I left it up to David, but uh, you know I mean David is a smart driver. He's uh, he's aware that uh, that uh, Steve Elliott's horse is uh, is 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 very very good right now, and uh, that we had to take a lot out of the horse to you know. Uh, send him out of the road uh, right away but uh, you know the horse was very good it came a very good last half and uh, came out of race super so you know I mean uh, I mean you know I like to win the races of course but you know in same token uh, you 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 have to build up a horse uh, to get him ready for uh, the bigger events that are coming up later on too now, Jimmy, what's uh, what's looking forward for Always Be Mickey in 2016? I know there's a ton of stakes action kind of out there. Have you mapped out any sort of roadmap for him at all? No, I haven't really. Well, you know, I mean, Mickey is the kind of horse that uh, it's is is it's the kind of horse that you you have to race on the bigger tracks. He can race on the private tracks, but uh, you know, I, I like to keep him on the big tracks because. You know, the horse had a history of uh, bad injuries the whole his career. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think even with a high speed on the mile track, uh, I think he's going to stay sounder if we stay on the bigger track. So, you know, we got to aim for those big races that coming up at Netherlands and Canada and uh, Osher and uh, a little bit all over. But we got to try to stay on the big tracks for him. 
You know, that uh, horse, uh, Jimmy, always be Mickey's got a great, great backstory. In 2014, he fractured a bone. Oh, maybe not so great of a backstory, but good is how it turned out because this horse has over, overcome a lot. I mean, 2014, he fractured a bone. 2015, he fractured another pastern while training. You know, did you think, Jimmy, that this horse had it in him to overcome all these injuries and still be as good as he is? Yes, I know he had it in him. But, you know, I mean, it's it's always a, a huge step to actually doing it. You know, I mean, what he accomplished last year, you know, you you really have to be involved in the sport to, to be aware of what he did. You know, I mean, he fractured severely uh, before the British Crown for Joe uh, Holloway when he trained the horse. His, uh, his his ankle, and he did the same for me in uh, early May, but not as bad as he did the the first one. But come back and end up, uh, you know, winning British Crown and uh, and uh, doing what he did. That take a heck of a horse to do. And uh, I mean, I you know everybody know how much I praise this horse. Moving right along, Jimmy. Uh, not to, uh, to uh, not so great of a story. Great Crotter, uh, creatine, two million dollar Trotter, twenty fifteen Breeders' Crown winner, had to retire due to an injury. Can you take us uh, through that? What happened there? Well, you know, it's it's it was a really big surprise because the horse qualified was second after uh, Beam Edition Saturday uh, at, at the Midlands, and he was actually really good. I know I didn't have him at the best form because he, you know, he gained good weight over the winter, you know, and uh, he looked good. I was really pleased how he was coming along and uh, and uh, he jogged good a couple of days after and everything was fine. And then one day we jogged him and he came in the stall and lacked a little sore left hand. And uh, to be sure that uh, it was nothing serious, we scanned him and we could find that there was a minor tear on his uh, suspensory or so. You know, this is uh, unfortunate all things, and it's devastating. And, and, you know, I mean, that's a sad part in my business, you know, when things like that happen. I was really looking forward for that towards this year. Now, Jimmy, coming up in 2016, you've got a powerhouse stable uh, of horses. Uh, what, what are your expectations for this year? Well, you know, I mean, I... I think I have a great group of two-year-olds. My three-year-olds are very questionable. I mean, you know, most of them raced uh, very limited last year because of the uh, sickness. And, uh, you know, I mean, I got a couple of horses all the time coming back very good. She's going to do a qualified back, you know, uh, and uh, on Saturday. And uh, Pure Country, I couldn't be happier with her last Saturday in a qualified. She's racing in Pocono tomorrow. I think she's uh, it's, it's really stunning. But, uh, you know, beside uh, those in the three-year-old group, it's a lot of questionable work, you know. I mean, uh, we see how they're coming along here. But, you know, we have uh, I have a uh, very high on a horse called Bora Hopping coming up, uh, going to qualify with John Campbell on Saturday. I trained him a good mile up in Maryland a couple of weeks ago, and I think he's a serious contender. If he stays flat and Ellis stays sound and things like that, you know, I think he's, he's a serious, serious horse. Uh, H horses, I'm, uh, you know, I'm in shaky carry race. Okay, I mean, she should, have, after those fraction to the half, I was expecting her to win, but uh, to all respect for Bimachichin, she was just unbelievable. I mean, uh, I don't think I ever saw that still is that good, you know, so 
you know, with the Pacers and things like that. I think we're going to have a nice season, you know, so we see. Yeah, Pure Country is making uh, her three-year-old debut after going undefeated at uh, Pocono. And I believe she's going to be in the she's going to be in the Miss Pennsylvania, right? Is that where she that was she said it first? Yeah, yeah, she's in there and she's racing actually against my daughter's horse, Darling Delight. That was really really good the last start. So it'd be interesting to see how she's. But uh, Pure Country, she looked to me like she growed quite a bit mentally. She's very uh, focused what she's supposed to. So I, you know, I can see a pure champion in that gun. And you've got Pinkman qualifying on Saturday at the Meadowlands, uh, which, uh, by the way, is a, a, a heck of a qualifying race. I mean, you've got J.O. Cruz in there, Wind of the North, Barndow, Crazy Wow, Abregata. What a heck of a qualifier that is. I tell you what, the whole card uh, on, in the qualifier in Meadowlands, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. You look at the three-year-old uh, race there, you know, I have Love Matters. That's actually coming back very good, so I... Have a little hope for him back there, but he's against uh, Southwind Frank, and um, you know, I mean, it's it's it, it looked like a, a very good uh, Hamiltonian elimination that race. So the qualifiers on Saturday is it's actually the one of the better qualifiers I ever saw. You know, so it's going to be really interesting and see how this horse is coming back. And uh, I think it, it looked like uh, it's a great rate harness racing uh, program coming up for all these horses now. Certainly is. Jimmy Tactor, the one and only Hall of Fame trainer. We certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, we're looking for big things out of you in 2016, my friend. Thank you very much, guys, and thank you, and uh, keep up the good job. All right. That was uh, Jimmy Tactor, Hall of Fame trainer. And, Mike, I he mentioned a very good point. You know, I was looking over that qualifier entry, the qualifier entries on Saturday at the Meadowlands, and I am telling you, you talk about a stacked, stacked card of qualifiers. That race we just mentioned that Pinkman's qualifying in has an unbelievable depth. And then, of course, you've got Southwind Frank, and you've got a couple others qualifying on the, that particular day. That's going to be one heck of a Saturday morning, let me tell you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch because I, I tell you, Mike, it, you know, it makes it even more fun to watch that the Meadowlands post their uh, their um, their feed out during qualifiers. You could sit back and, you know, enjoy a Saturday morning watching uh, watching qualifiers. But you know who else is qualifying on Saturday, Mike? Our girl, Pink mm-hmm. Pistol, who uh, won four who won four of uh, her first seven races and kind of fell off the bit just a little bit. But she's making her comeback in the third qualifier on Saturday. Yeah, no question about it. And we've got, listen, we've got a jam-packed show coming up. We want to thank Jimmy for joining us, but we've got a jam-packed show coming up. Anthony McDonald of the Stable.ca will be joining us. We've got uh, young and up-and-coming driver Jordan Statton. I don't know if up-and-coming you could say anymore because I think he's here. He has arrived, and he proved that in the George Morton Levy. He's just been on fire in the last month and a half. I know he's got a drive in the first at Yonkers, so he's going to check in with us uh, right after that drive. Uh, and uh, the first race of Yonkers, which uh, after the drag probably is going off now. I don't have the Yonkers feet in front of me. But anyway, we're going to hear from Jordan. Also, the director of racetrack operations at Harris, Philadelphia, Barry Brown, will be joining us as well. We'll talk some mutuals, something we haven't really done on this program, Mike. So that'll certainly be interesting. And uh, we've got Jason Beam, and we'll talk more about our agreement with the Bet America Radio Network. That's brand new. It's going to do Wonders for our listenership, Mike. It's going to, uh, you know, listen, it's going to 
give us a whole new listening base, and we're so, so excited uh, about joining that. But first, Mike, before we get to the timeout, I do want to mention something before I forget, because I know I will forget we have such a busy show, and we've got a couple of minutes now. But how about the horse, Our Rail Fantasy at the Meadows, scoring at 220 to 1, Seven hundred and sixty-nine dollars and sixty cents. The return, if you pluck down two dollars across the board on this horse. And Mike, here's the good thing for you: this horse paid one hundred and thirty-one dollars <laughs> to show. Wow, unreal! That's beautiful, isn't it? So, congratulations it to the connection of uh, our of our rail fantasy pulling off uh, the upset, the shocker of the lifetime. You know, I should have been more heads up, Mike. I should have got that uh, stretch call and uh, played it on the show, but uh, yeah, it kind of was by me. But I did, but I did want to mention that, Mike. Our rail fantasy upset of the year possibility, yeah, potential, potential. Yes, definitely. For the Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. We're already talking Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards already in April. That certainly has some potential. We'll have a bunch more. We've got a lot more to come on this program. We'll take a time out when we come back. Uh, we'll have some more uh, for you on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. To post time with Mike. Mike presented by Better Mike side of Mike Bozich and Mike. Uh, we just got through talking with Jimmy Tactor about always be Mickey in the upcoming 2016 for Jimmy. I'm glad to hear he's uh, doing so well. I know that in the fall he had talked about um you know he wasn't feeling that great and uh, things seem to be kind of going downhill for him. But we're glad to see that uh, things have looking up. Yeah, that's the first question I had for him was his health. So it's good to see Jimmy Tactor doing very good. And he's in for a busy year. As much as he said he was going to cut down, Mike, he's in for a busy, busy year. He's got some fantastic horses. And to always be Mickey raced really well, Mike. I mean, this horse really wasn't used till about three quarters. The race really didn't set up for him. Rock-Eyed Optimus had the top on, but when always be Mickey got his cue, he was uh, flying late, Mike. Yeah, he definitely was. Well, Mike, uh, joining the program now is uh... – 
the man of the hour at Yonkers, so to speak. And uh, I, I got to give credit where credit's due and to Jordan Stratton. Jordan, you had a heck of a Levy and Matchmaker series. Uh, talk to us a little bit about it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was a you know a dream dream come true. I didn't think we'd sweep the series, and then you know we ended up winning the final. So it's just just a dream come true. Well, we're going to take you back in order, Jordan. I know we talked a little bit about this on the Levy show, but we're going to relive the moment. First of all, let's talk about the dead heat. And, you know, listen, it was a fantastic drive. You were second over. Montreal was third over with Wiggle and Jiggle it. Uh, you came off the turn. You came three wide. Tell us a little bit about uh, the final uh, stretch drive of that particular race, what was going through your head. Uh, around the last term, I thought I had him right where I wanted him. And I know my horse can, you know, sprint. You know, he's push button, but halfway down the stretch, man, I thought I thought Wiggle and Jiggle was going right by, and then my horse fought back. But take nothing against, take nothing away from Wiggle and Jiggle. There's just no end to that horse. Now, Jordan, talk to us a little bit about uh, Biddable Legend. He was kind of an a unheard of horse uh, when he first came over, but he really made a statement during the leaving. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about what you learned uh, over the past couple of weeks with him. Well, I, you know, he's just a little horse, but here at Yonkers, he's a great, great size for the half mile. And, you know, coming over, he had 600,000 made on his card. And I guess they told me over there, you can't drop down in class when you get up against the, the best horses. So I guess he was just kind of under the radar, but he's always done his shine since he's come over here. Visiting with Jordan Stratton, the driver of Yonkers Raceway. Now, Jordan, let's uh, take, let's go back a little bit earlier in your career. How'd you get started in the industry? Um uh, my dad had a farm out in Ohio, and you know I grew up around the horses, and just uh, just kind of part of my life, my whole life. Yeah, and you're pre- and you're pretty much a young guy still. How old are you? Uh, twenty eight. Twenty eight. My goodness, you young guys, you're killing me. <laughs> Who uh, anybody anybody you looked up to in the in the sport when you were growing up? Any driver that you watched out there and say, man, I'd like to be like him? Or yeah, her. Brian Sears was was the one I really you know thought thought I could be like and kind of modeled my driving style off of him. You know, he seems like he's always in the right position and, you know, he kind of takes care of the horse. It seems like he always has something left in the tank for next week and he's just a great driver. Now, Jordan, real quick, uh, bef- before we let you go here in just a minute, I, I got to mention to everybody that Jordan won one of our hats last week and uh, we're, we're going to get two, that out. Two, I believe, we're gonna get two, that I believe, out right? Here. Two of them, yeah. So we're going to get those out to you this week. Uh, we we appreciate everything uh, you have done. I know you've shared the show uh, the last couple of weeks, and uh, we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, you guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. And, you know, I'll retweet and share it on my end, but you guys uh, deserve all the credit. Jordan, listen, before we let you go, I do got a couple of more questions for you. First of all, you're primarily driving at Yonkers now, and I guess you get a lot of guys coming in and out, especially when you have the big stakes like that. Um Driving at Yonkers regularly, would you definitely say that you've got a home court advantage? And what is different about driving at Yonkers than at other tracks from a driver's point of view? I know we can see it on TV, but from a driver's point of view. Yeah, it definitely helps driving here every night. You know, it's most halves, it's just not like all the other halves. There's a long stretch, so you can sit in a little bit longer. And to move up the backside here at Yonkers, that's, that's a tough move, where on most halves you can – you know, turning up the backside, you can go three high and they carry it through the turn. The turns here at Yonkers are a little tighter. So, you know, I know you guys are familiar with Northfield. Being high in the turn doesn't really matter, but here it's it's tough. Yeah, and Tuesdays now you're facing some bigger fields, some different kind of races. How have you been able to adjust to that? 
I really like that actually. You know, I'm looking forward to going to France in June and you know, the bigger fields and the extra distance adds a little uh a little extra driving style or you know, driving technique to the to the races and I really like it. And one more question for you before we let you go. We know you got to get out there and warm up. I think you got to warm it up after the second, you said. But yeah, saw this. listen, saw this clip now, okay? And this thing's going on Facebook like crazy. You and Macedonio, and you guys are stirring the <laughs> pot again. This, but but this, on a serious level, uh, all fun and games aside, um, you see this Facebook Live thing starting to take off. Um, we had Chris Gooden on this show a couple of weeks ago. He was at the Meadows, and he – I'm not so sure if he's the one that started doing it, but I guess he started doing it on a regular basis um, where he's taking – going on the backstretch, um, you know, taking videos of before race, after race activities, giving fans a behind-the-scenes perspective. Now we see uh, – or we saw Heather Vitale doing it a little bit with Wiggle It, Jiggle It uh, during the race uh, at Dover. Uh, we saw in JL Cruz doing it then. Um, so we're seeing it, Amy Holler, of course, at Northfield, your neck of the woods, Mike Carter. We're seeing it kind of, you know, make its presence felt throughout the harness racing community. You think that's a good thing? You think that's something that uh, racing can build on? I think it's a great thing. You know, the more we can show the people on the outside what goes on on the inside, I think is beneficial and to make it more interactive for the owners and you know, not just sit at home and watch simulcast and watch the horse race on TV, but actually be part of it, see the train and see what goes on in the paddock. And, you know, I'm up for suggestions, whatever the, the fans want to see, you know, from the drivers or in the paddock, you know, I can try to do something, but, you know, we're all up for su- suggestions. All right, Jordan, listen, we really appreciate you joining us, buddy. Um, any idea what's next for a bit of a legend? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. He, Pete mentioned something about an invite at Pocono maybe derby day yeah i'm not 100 percent sure but just take it as it comes okay fantastic jordan we'll let you get back to work i really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule over at yonkers go get him the rest of the night buddy good luck all right, all right guys keep up good work thanks all right that was jordan stratton the uh, regular driver of bit of a legend certainly a fantastic young man had a chance to talk to him a little bit off the air when we were putting together the levy stuff mike and uh, this kid's got a great head on his shoulders and he's really caught fire at yonkers over the past few months yeah, he really has. And I'll tell you, what better way to uh, make a name for yourself than take the blue chip and turn right back around and take the uh, George Morton Levy, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Certainly a great, great, great young man, great driver. And, you know, he's going head-to-head with another great young driver that we'd, we'd like to have on this show maybe one of these days, and that's Jason Bartlett. These two have really blazed the trail over at Yonkers. And uh, like we said, it's a tough track to drive, and it's a different kind of a half-mile, Mike. I mean, you know, Northfield Park, we talked about it. It's the home of the flying turns. You've got a real good bank. It's a track that can play very fair at times, although like every half-mile does favor early speed but you get to yonkers and yonkers really has a long stretch for a half mile and it's not really your traditional half mile shaped track is it no not at all and uh they're actually moving the finish line at yonkers to the more center i guess you could say and so it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting to see uh going forward how that affects uh, some of the racing it'll definitely shorten up the stretch a little bit yeah, it certainly will. Well, we've got a break to take. We've got a timeout. When we come back, it's Anthony McDonald. And you talk about a, a trailblazer, so to speak. He's going to talk to uh, talk a little bit to us about the stable.ca. And they've got drones that they fly around. 
that you can watch your horse train. A very interactive website. Uh, certainly, it's ownership for the 21st century. So we've got Anthony on deck. Plus, we've got a lot more on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll be back. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standardbreds. Interested in learning more about racing under saddle? Now's your opportunity to attend a racing under saddle seminar May 15th at Windback Farms in Maryland. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., the fee is $10 and lunch is provided. Come learn more about the standardbred sport from active participants. It is an opportunity for people who are interested in racing under saddle to learn more about techniques and training. There will be demonstrations and riders will discuss the sport with seminar participants. If you have a standard brand that you plan to use for racing under saddle, you are welcome to bring the horse to the seminar. It is required to bring a riding helmet and safety vest. More details will be given upon RSVP. Please RSVP by May 6th. Email Clarissa Coughlin at clarissacoughlin at gmail.com. Once again, email Clarissa at clarissacoughlin at gmail.com. Directions to the farm will be provided upon receipt of RSVP. This Racing Under Saddle seminar is sponsored by Windback Farms and Friends of Maryland Standardbreds. Friends of Maryland Standardbreds is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standardbreds works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standardbreds is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standardbreds on Twitter and like them on Facebook. certainly want to thank Friends of Maryland Standardbreds for all their support here on this program on Post Time with Mike and Mike. And uh, they're working uh, kind of in cooperation with the Harness Horse Youth Foundation uh, for a summer day camp, which is going to be held at Ocean Downs. Of course, that's in Berlin, Maryland, right on the border of beautiful Ocean City. It's June 28th, 2016. It's a summer day camp, ages 11 and up, Mike. Lots of hands-on opportunities with horses, plus the opportunity to drive. Can you believe that? Applications are available through the website of the Harness Horse Youth Foundation, www.hhyf.org. Once again, that website for more information is www.hyf.org. The cost is $25. Uh, Once again, it's a tremendous thing for the youths, and we want to do everything we can to involve youth and get youth interested in the sport. This is one of the things you can do. And once again, it's June 28th uh, at Ocean Downs. And the website for more information, you can find out www.hhyf.org. Mike? Definitely. Program in the horse, including some of the sponsors that the word I'm looking for. With an S. And, you know, they, they do a lot. Stuff. So it's uh, it's fun to see them working with the state of Maryland and Friends of Maryland Standard Breads to uh, to actively get these people and these kids uh, out there. 
Yeah, certainly. And, of course, Friends of Maryland Standard Breads has uh, sponsored a lot of our prizes, including the Onyx Jingra Colors, which, by the way, was won by Robert Garson. Uh, we're going to be uh, sending that out to you the next day or two. Robert, if you listen and get us your uh, address so we could send that out to you. We've also got the hat. So we're going to be doing some giveaways, Mike, uh, coming up uh, over the next uh, little while. I mean, we've got some great hats. We've got gear now. We've got great hats. We've got shirts. We've got polo shirts. As a matter of fact, we have a contest going on now, Mike, for the 500th Twitter follower. Last time I saw, I don't know, our number could have went up since then, but last time I saw, we were at 486. So if you are the 500th Twitter follower, all you have to do is send us a message, send us your uh, address, and we'll send you a post time with Mike and Mike Polo shirt. We've got T-shirts we're going to give away. We've got hats we're going to give away. All this courtesy of our good friends at Embroidery Unlimited. Give Jim Winsky a call. Visit him online at embroideryunl.com. I'll tell you what, it's a great, great thing, Mike. They do fantastic work. They've sent us some stuff, all great quality. And uh, Jordan Stratton will be able to tell you about it, Mike. He won a hat. He, <laughs> he thinks he won two hats. Did he win two hats? I think he only won one. But, Mike, you know what? I'm feeling kind of generous. We'll send him two. We'll send him two, and we'll send him the bill. That's, <laughs> that's right. Well, but, Mike, uh, uh, while, while we're waiting on Anthony McDonald, let's uh, let's take a look at the Miss Pennsylvania this weekend at Pocono. Uh, it's the early closer, uh, number two, uh, and it's the eliminations coming up. There are $20,000 eliminations coming up at Pocono on Saturday, and they begin in race three, Mike, and it features the return of your, of your horse, is what I like to call this girl, Pure Country. You talked up Pure Country a ton during the Breeders' Crown, and uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Pure Country can do. Yeah, well, we talked to Jimmy Thacker about her, and obviously he's looking forward to her 2016 debut. Was able to qualify in 153 and one with a 26 and four close over the sloppy track at the Meadowlands against uh, Yankee Moonshine and uh, American Ivy. Draws a six-horse field. It's the first of three divisions for the Miss Pennsylvania. This is uh, for Pennsylvania sired three-year-old fillies, by the way, Mike, and uh, she's facing some uh, pretty good competition. I mean, you've got Yankee Moonshine, Candy Corn Hanover. There was a nice story on her on the uh, USTA website. She's uh, so far a perfect three for three for uh, trainer Travis Alexander and Anthony Napolitano once again will be back in the bike. But this is a pretty tough race, Mike. I mean, you've got Darlin on the beach. She's looked very good in her debut. She's won over $200,000 as a two-year-old. So, uh, you know, for the first start of the year for Pure Country, this is uh, not going to be a, uh, a walkover by any stretch of the imagination. No, not at all. Uh, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, what happens. Uh, Newburn Sassy is coming back, qualified well at Harris, Philadelphia, in 154 and three. Draws the rail here uh, for driver Tim Tietrich and our good friend Joanne Looney King. Uh, Ron Burke and Yankee Moonshine got a very good draw as well off a of 53 and three qualifier. Now he finished second uh, to Pure Country. At la- excuse me, she finished second to Pure Country last time out. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what Yankee Moonshine does here. But, Mike, i got to think that just about everybody in here has got at least a little bit of a shot. Yeah, no question about it. This is a great, great race. And, uh, you know, they've got 10 cents Superfecta wagering in that race. And I'll tell you what, I never really recommend a 10 cents Superfecta uh, stab with a six-horse field. But you might want to try it here because I think this is going to be a pretty competitive race. And, uh, you know, listen, Pure Country, as much as we like her, she's undefeated. She's 10 for 10. But I will tell you, she's probably going to be undervalued in this race, considering, number one, that she is undefeated. But number two, she's making her first start of the year in a very tough field. So I like Pure Country. 
she's uh, you know you can say she's my girl or whatever, but I'll tell you what, in a spot like this, a wager against her might not be a bad thing. No, I, I think I'm gonna take my uh, take my show bets elsewhere uh, in that third race. Well, Mike, race <laughs> yeah, race four is up is the second division uh, second or the elimination of the Miss Pennsylvania early closer series, and I said diamonds draws post number five winning. There two decent qualifiers coming out of the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes final. He finished third, closing home in 27 and three to the one and only Pure Country and Call Me Queen B. Some fancy Philly draws the rail, Mike, and that's a uh, that's an interesting horse that I would I would definitely play at five to two as some fancy Philly has been racing against uh, against the uh, Weiss Company, was uh, won two divisions and was third last week to J.K. Fanny. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, some fancy filly has in her tank. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. She's a little bit of an unknown product. She does uh, have some speed, obviously. Uh, she's going to be certainly interesting. But, uh, you know, I said Diamonds won $142,000 as a two-year-old, was uh, first or second, never been worse than third in her career, and she's coming off a couple of qualifiers. I used to have a buddy that used to really wait for horses to double qualify. I used to love to see the double qualifiers, and a 54 and one qualifier at Yonkers is certainly saying a lot for the shape of five. I said Diamonds, it really looks ready to roll for her uh, three-year-old debut Ava in Ella starting from post six for trainer Tony O'Sullivan uh, this is a horse that broke in the Weiss uh, obviously making a move and uh, she was probably going to go by when she made that break she was 80 cents on the dollar obviously you have to give her another chance her qualifier was very good 54 and change over Pocono uh, and uh, you know so she obviously is going to be a threat in here. Another one that's kind of a bit of unknown product, but is certainly showing a lot of ability. But I think the known product is uh, number five, I said Diamonds. I mean, listen, she was uh, a stalwart in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes, coming off the double qualifier, uh, both very good. And I think uh, trainer Matias Ruiz will have five, I said Diamonds, ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I got to think that that is going to be a uh, one of the one of the more competitive divisions in, in my opinion. Well, Mike, race five is the third division of the Miss Pennsylvania Early Closers. It features a cut and pace coming off a 153-2 and two qualifier at the Meadows, where she made up a ton of ground after the three-quarter pole. Uh, she was fifth by three lengths, excuse me, sixth first over by five lengths and came roaring home for driver Jim Marone Jr. And this week picks up Tim Tietrich. Now, Jim Marone is a great driver, but switching from Jim Marone to Tim Tietrich is a uh, it is a big change in my opinion. Tim Tietrich's seen it very, very well right now, too. Like I say, I mean, if you watch drivers just like hitters, just like pitchers in baseball, they get streaky, they get hot, and, you know, they, they drive better when they're going good. And I think Tim Tietrich's reaching that point right now. Cut and paste is a horse that closed very, very well last time. You're absolutely right, Mike. That was in the sloppy track. Uh, you know, Jimmy Tack has got a horse in here by the name of Ivy League who uh, just made under $100,000 uh, in her two-year-old season, she uh, had a couple of shares there. She was in some stakes races up north, and uh, she didn't perform too uh, badly, but uh, obviously she was unable to hit the winner's circle. She was also unable to hit the winner's circle in her 2016 debut when she finished second in uh, 153 and changed to uh, Kiss Me on the Beach. So I don't know. I mean, you have to think that Ivy League could be a little bit better second start. Uh, cut and paste uh, did break that first qualifier at the Meadowlands, so you have to wonder if that's a little bit of a concern. But Here's the interesting thing about cut and paste, Mike. This is a horse that showed speed 
in her state races last year as a two-year-old, and she came off the pace in her qualifiers. So obviously they're trying to teach her some new things, uh, trying to teach her maybe to come from off the pace as opposed to just be on the lead all the time. And I think that's a sign of maturity, Mike. And uh, one cut and pace certainly has the opportunity to be a good one. Three call me Queen B coming off that double qualifier for trainer Ross Krogan. She was in against Pure Country last time. A pretty good back half there, 27 close and 54. I think she represents a pretty good shot as well. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. Well, Mike, the Grand Circuit action continues in Freehold, New Jersey uh, on Saturday as well with the divisions of the Dexter Cup eliminations. And Mike, I got to say that this last year was where I took the lead in the Hannah contest because I picked an Eric Abitello horse in the final from post eight. And he freaking he was the you know he's the leading one of the leading drivers out there, and boy did he take off and score a big victory. So uh, who knows? Maybe I can get a uh, back on top of the Hannah contest uh, here in the Dexter Cup. All right. Well, they got uh, one of three divisions on Saturday. What a big day Saturday, by the way. Freaky Feet Pete is uh, racing down at Hoosier Park. We'll talk more about that in a second. But, yeah, let's get to Dexter Cup action. Uh, it is uh, for three-year-old uh, trotters, and it looks like the first division is uh, going to be uh, headed by number two, Steed. This is a horse, first of all, that's used to the racetrack, uh, was uh, racing very good as a two-year-old and uh, has made a very, very good uh, forward motion in his three-year-old uh, campaign. So far, he's won two of his first three races at Pocono in the Weiss Series, uh, one from post seven, the other from post five, uh, and uh, really didn't have the greatest of trips in doing so. Was parked out the first quarter for both of those races, draws the inside, so uh, really figures to have a big, big advantage here from this inside post at uh, Freehold in the first division of the Dexter Cup. Yeah, definitely. Well, Matthew Kelly's driving number two at Steed, and that's uh, actually a horse that I like. He raced at Harris Philadelphia back on April the 3rd and finished third by four and a half lengths. Um, and, he, and he's raced, been racing at Pocono over the past couple of starts. And Mike, I, I'm talking about Steed, and I wanted to talk about Cuffling Hanover. I think we both talked about the same horse there for a second. My eyes and my mouth, all they saw was Harris Philadelphia. But uh, the one Cuffling Hanover is somebody else that I like. He broke at Harris back on April 20th, but he raced in the Liberty Bell and was second, just missing by two lengths at from hit it out of the park. I think Cuffling Hanover has got to do well from the rail as well. And Mike, uh, they are adding uh, the trotting hopples back on uh, this week uh, at Harris Philadelphia last week. They, uh, on April 20th, they did not have the trotting hopples. The hopples come back on. And I think that that's got to help out a little bit. Yeah, certainly. I mean, and this is a horse, too, that tried to show speed last time and uh, made a break from post-8. Post-8 is awfully hard to win from at uh, Harris, Philadelphia, but this horse uh, does normally have speed. I think the uh, cones here at uh, Freehold will definitely help this horse big time. Trainer Nifty Norman, a very, very sharp trainer, will have this horse ready, and uh, Dave Miller owns a part of this horse as well, so you have to believe that one cuffling cannibal will certainly be a lot better than he was last time out. Well, Mike, uh, let's pause a few seconds here to take a break and get a message from our uh, couple of our sponsors. When we come back on the backside of this commercial, we're going to hear from Barry Brown from Harris, Philadelphia. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. This is Mike Bozich with Harness Racing's newest podcast, Post Time with Mike and Mike. Our goal is to positively promote the sport of harness racing. Every horse has a story to tell, whether a claimer or a stakes horse, and we plan on telling those stories here on this program. If you would like to advertise on Post Time with Mike and Mike, 
Send us an email at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com for more information. Also, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ptmikeandmike1. Listen to a brand new broadcast every Thursday at 1 p.m. Any prior episodes can be listened on demand as well. Log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash ptmikeandmike. Once again, that's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash ptmikeandmike. And thanks so much for listening. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks, return on investment. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day, not in this race, not with this horse, not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion Share that experience with others and be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. We certainly appreciate you joining us on this Thursday night. And right now we're joined by the Director of Racetrack Operations at Harris, Philadelphia, one Barry Brown. Barry, welcome to the show, my friend. Very good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Listen, uh, let's talk about – and this is – I was talking to Mike Carter off the air. We've had – you know, we've had horsemen, horsewomen, uh, announcers, a lot of different people on the radio show, but this is the first time that we've ever had a, somebody uh, with a mutuals background and a mutuals expertise. So this is going to be a very interesting interview. Tell us about your function a little bit at Harris Philly. Well, I'm the director of racing operations here at the racetrack and basically oversee the various 
racing initiatives and and the racing operation here at the facility in Chester, Pennsylvania. So whether it be mutual, simulcast, the live racing function in the paddock, that kind of all falls under my umbrella. And how'd you get started? So actually, I grew up, I've only worked in harness racing my whole career, whether it be here at, you know, Harris Philly for 10 years and at Freehold for uh, 12 years, but it was interesting. When I was growing up, I was pretty much a thoroughbred guy, and I used to follow the radio, uh, I'm sorry, the television show ESPN's Racing Across America back in the 90s. I'm not sure if you guys remember that show. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Chris Lincoln was the was the anchor, and when I was uh, at that point, you know, working a job that I really didn't like, I, I sent a letter to Chris Lincoln uh, to the studio at, uh, at ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut, and just asking him how to break into the industry. Never thought in a million years I would get a response. He responds to me about six weeks later telling me all about the University of Arizona's racetrack industry program. Within a month, Mike, I quit my job. I was enrolled out in Tucson, so it was kind of, uh, it was kind of an interesting time for me. You know, and you talk about the racetrack industry program out at the University of Arizona. Tell us about that experience. Tell us uh, what that was like. It's it's really the best thing that I ever did uh, as I look back on my career. Uh, it just gives anybody who's looking to break into the industry, you know, whether it be harness, thoroughbred, the racing industry, it gives you an opportunity to get your foot in the door. And for me, I went out there as a young guy, uh, a Jersey guy, actually, growing up in New Jersey, and they... They give you the opportunity to get an internship. They give you an opportunity to meet the movers and shakers of the industry. So I'm out there, and I get the opportunity to come back home after I graduate back at Freehold Raceway, the track that I grew up with, the track that I spent many a days uh, as a a young guy at. And uh, it was just a great opportunity. And, And anybody that's listening that has an interest to break into the game, I can't recommend it anymore. Visiting live with Barry Brown, the director of racetrack operations at Harris, Philadelphia. Barry, anybody uh, notable that uh, you graduated or uh, went to school with out at yeah. uh, the racetrack industry program? There's a lot of us out there. Uh, right right off the bat, guys that I was in school with, a guy by the name of Eric Halstrom, who's the general manager at Canterbury Park. Uh, Jim Costas, who's the publisher of the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, my roommate back in college, Byron King, who's a handicapper for the Daily Racing Forum. And here's one. I didn't go to school with him. He wasn't in school my year, but a very notable harness name, the race secretary up at the Meadowlands, Pete Koch. He was a little bit before my time, but he's a, he's an alum of the University of Arizona as well. Oh, that's interesting. Now talk a little bit, Barry, about the function of a mutual department. Like I say, on this program, we've interviewed a lot of horsemen, horsewomen, announcers, but you're the first mutual guy for all of our listeners out there. And it could be a little confusing about what actually goes on in a mutual department at a particular racetrack, but can you fill us in a little bit on what happens? Yeah, so the mutuals area essentially is the oversight of all the wagering that takes place at the racetrack, uh, all of the simulcasting that takes place at a racetrack. Uh, we work with our tote provider. The tote providers are the uh, is the company that processes all the wagers, whether it be here on site or to the sites that we export our signal to. We work with that we do business with, whether whether it be the tracks that we're simulcasting their races into our building or. or 
or the races to them, our live races to them. So there's a lot of communication involved. There's a lot of people involved. There's a lot of entities involved. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of coordination with a lot of different folks overseeing uh, simulcasting and, and wagering. Yeah, it certainly is. I was training at Hazel Park to be a mutual manager, and I'll tell you, just one thing after another. I mean, all this different kind of stuff that you have to know with the simulcasting and this and that, it's very, very intricate uh, what goes on in the front side of the racetrack, as we like to call it, as opposed to the yep. back side where the, where the horsemen are. Barry, before we let you go, give us a little bit of a sneak peek. The racing season at Harris, Philadelphia just started. We're about 15 days in. Uh, what can we expect here in 2016? So, yeah, so we've got several things to look forward to. Two things right off the bat that I'll, that I'll mention is obviously on uh, May 29th, Sunday, May 29th, that's our premiere or our highlight day of our season. We're going to have three $200,000 invitationals that day. Uh, it'll be a family day type uh, day out at the races out on our grandstand patio for the folks that are in and around the Philadelphia region. It's a, it's a great day to come out, watch the races, enjoy the family activities, and there'll be great racing on the track. Like I said, three $200,000 invitationals. Hope to do some neat stuff with the USTA strategic wagering that day. And then the other day that, that I'm really looking forward to, and I'll just give you a little bit of a, a sneak peek on it, is uh, we're, this is our 10th anniversary season here at Harris, Philadelphia. When we started 10 years ago, it was Harris Chester. And on September 9th, we're going to run a night card. We're going to celebrate our 10th anniversary. We're going to do some really neat things for our fans. We're going to bring some folks back to the operation that were here 10 years ago. And as we get a little closer, Mike, we'll be giving you more details, but it's a day that I'm really looking forward to. All right, Barry Brown, the director of Racetrack Operations. Listen, before we let you go, who do the Giants draft tonight? Do they have a pick? They're, they're picking 10th. I guess the pick is probably coming up, what, about 20 minutes or so? So I'll, I'm hoping, Mike, that they grab the running back out of Ohio State. I've heard so many great things about him. So it would be a great compliment to, to Eli Manning and Odell Beckham. All right. Barry, we certainly appreciate you joining us, sir. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right. That was Barry Brown, the director of racetrack operations at Harris, Philadelphia. And, and Mike, I've got to say, and, and, you know, listen, I mean, I know he hired me to be his announcer and, and obviously we, you know, but listen, the guy is probably one of the sharpest guys as far as the mutual department that I've ever, ever worked for. You guys, we want to talk about a guy that could crunch numbers, a guy that uh, knows exactly what's going on in that mutual department. He is a very, very sharp guy, Mike. Yeah, that, you know, I, I've really gotten to a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I've gotten into uh, the mutuals department and the mutual side of things, and he's not kidding. On a on a live race night, you could have this go on or that go on or the bell go off early, and you know, it, it just there's so many things that could possibly happen from the time one race ends to the next begins, and so uh, I, I definitely uh, valued some of his advice there. Well, certainly, and I was training. Uh, in the mutual department at, at uh, Hazel Park, and I thought I was grasping a lot of this stuff. And uh, you know, when I went to Harris, Philadelphia, and, and Barry started talking, I just, you know, I just knew, wow, this guy really is sharp. A very, very solid racetrack mind, and uh, you know, some great stories too about the uh, the uh, racetrack industry program at Arizona. Uh, and uh, you know, Mike, that's one of the things that we have to do. Maybe in the next couple of weeks, we'll uh, interview somebody. 
um, from the uh, maybe some management or something from that racetrack industry program because everything that I've heard from a lot of different sources and from a lot of different areas of the industry, not only in harness but thoroughbred racing, is it is well worth the time for a young guy to uh, go to the racetrack industry program there. I've heard very many good things about that place. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the graduate list just goes on and on and on. I mean, Luke Krepos, who called the Kentucky Derby for years, um, it, it just the list goes on. And uh, Chris Lincoln, uh, I remember Chris Lincoln's uh, program like it was yesterday. Uh, you couldn't have been uh, couldn't have been any different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's take a time out, Mike. We'll have more when we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Hello, this is Kayla Stra, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest-growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And, Mike, we're joined now by Anthony McDonald from thestable.ca. And, Anthony, uh, I was going through Facebook earlier, and it looks like we got some great news from uh, from Standard Bread Canada. Absolutely, absolutely. We've been working uh, really, really hard up here. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to put all the work and time in, but it's another thing to have the board of directors uh, side with, with, um, with fractional ownership and the direction the industry is heading and, and to come up with such a comprehensive plan going forward is, uh, you know, it's, it's really, uh, you know, I, you got to commend the work that they've done. They've put in a lot of work on this also. So it's a fantastic job on their part. Now, Anthony, uh, we, of course, you've been on the show before, uh, but it's been a little bit. It's been a couple of months. Uh, talk to our listeners about the concept of fractional ownership for those people that might not be familiar with what exactly it is. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of subjective over the last couple of decades, to be honest. I mean, we had syndications. We have a number of fractional ownership sites and stables in the States. I, I'd like to think that ours is a little more unique and a little different and and, and a little more, I don't, I'd say, modern. Well, you know, what we simply what we offer is, is anybody to be able to budget, buy a horse, get involved with horse racing on their own terms rather than rather than ours. In the, in the past, you know, you had to put up X amount of dollars to get involved. It might be in the thousands. And there's not a lot of people out there that have thousands of dollars of disposable income. And what we've done is, is made it simple. We just said, Hey, whatever you're comfortable spending, we can put you into a horse, whether that be 1%, 2%, 14% or 61%, whatever you're comfortable spending, we're, we're, uh, we're happy to take. And, and uh, the people from the general public, and that that's the key is, 
is we made it that way so that it was it was um, very easy for for people from the general public to get involved in the in the in the, in the, in the, the big thing that goes with that is you know we need to expand our industry both the United States Trotting Association and Standard Rate Canada have seen significant declines in their memberships and if we can't figure out a way to modernize our industry and get young people back involved in this game the way we used to be able to when I was a kid we're going to have some real difficulties moving forward as a whole so that that's really in a nutshell what we've done is just make it easy for anybody to get involved that wants to. Now, Anthony, um, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, things that you've done uh, with some of these horses, fractional ownership. But the one thing that I find really, really interesting <laughs> is, the dro- is the drone video shots that you get to allow people to, uh, to, allow people to see their horses training. I, you know, I've kind of been watching. You've got you to forgive me for this. So I've been watching Majestic Way specifically. Uh, our buddy Garnet Barnes did a couple of uh, fractions of Majestic Way, and I've been kind of keeping my eye on her. And it's so much fun to just sit there and watch them train. I like how you have the saddle pad uh, colors and things so people can really tell um, you know, which horse it is. It, and it, it, looking at your notes, it's still the most sought after two-year-old uh, filly. So uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, yeah. the drone and uh, what you can, how you came up with that. I, I can't take, uh, I can't take any of the credit for that. My brother Curtis does a lot of the graphics for a lot of the tracks, both thoroughbred and quarter horse and even dog tracks in North America. And he had his drone out there, out at the farm one day, just flying it. And I said, my God, that's, that's pretty cool. He said, yeah, yeah, and, and we had some horses out in the track, and he'd taken some pretty cool shots, and really the way we had first implemented it was it was going to be a feature, like once a month to get it done, and then once we realized how inexpensive it was to get it out there and get him to uh, to video these things and edit them. I mean, he's my brother, so we, we get a little bit of a break anyway, but uh, to get him out there and do it wasn't really that expensive, and, you know, it makes it – it really is is a distinguishing factor between – people saying, geez, this is a neat site, and people saying, this is fantastic. And, and um, it really does put the put that extra little bit on top. I mean, we're always trying to expand, uh, expand, uh, expand the site and polish it and make it better. And, and this is one of the things that, that uh, you know, we're going to be focusing on going forward. I think it's important. So. I think uh, we lost... There you go, Mike. Sorry, you were muted for some reason. Mike, you're no, muted okay. for I must, some reason. I must, I must have been in the mute. Uh, you know, I was going to ask you about uh, Curtis Anthony because Curtis, every once in a while, used to come up to Hazel Park, and he used to yeah. work on our yeah. graphics. And I'll tell you what, he used to do an outstanding job. I mean, you could tell the difference before and after. I mean, it was just a, a great, great thing. Curtis yeah. is a very talented guy. Not a lot of people know this, but when I was 19 years old, I lived at Hazel Park for, for four months. Uh, as a groom, that's right. I, I started. I moved from Prince Edward Island to Windsor, and when the Windsor meet concluded, most of the people that rec- that remember this from back in the '90s, Windsor was the premier B track circuit in uh, in in Ontario for sure. And I moved from Prince Edward Island with my brother Mark to Windsor, Ontario, to work for Mike McDonald. And when Mike went back to Montreal, Mark went with him, and I stayed and worked for uh, for Tom Wine in. Uh, in Hazel Park, and and uh, I really enjoyed my time there. It was nice, you know. A lot of people said, "Oh, you lived in Detroit," but really, it, I, I liked it. It was nice. It was the weather was always nice, and the people were always nice too. And I really enjoyed my time there. I lived there for uh, ten years, buddy, and it was uh, it was a great experience. I really loved Hazel Park. Um, okay, let's break this down. Somebody right now 
Say, for example, they want to go in right now. They want to go full steam, and they want to go ahead and get their partner resource through the stable.ca. What do they do? It's not a problem. Simply send me an email at anthony at the stable.ca or pick up the phone and call me at 519-400-4263. And, um, you know, we can sit down and chat or talk back and forth on email. And if you're interested in buying a piece of a horse, it's, it's as easy as this. You talked about Majestic Way. 1% of Majestic Way is $158.20. Your bill every month is $22.60, no more, no less. And uh, and we'll finish training her down. When she's done training down and she goes to a stable, which will likely be myself and my wife's stable, then um, the added cost of racing are simple. It's still $22.60 a month, plus your 1% of trucking, shipping, paddock fees, and, and uh, starting payments for stakes, which really aren't that much. I had a couple of Toronto Star reporters uh, that were retired that bought 2% of one horse and 1% of another, and... Um, she she really grilled me the one day about every every inch of the stable.ca and she made me break it down and the best I could come up with the closest I could come up with um, would be it goes from 67 cents per day per horse per share to about a dollar nine or a dollar ten give or take so um, and that's that's the only one percent of of a, of a horse that will be racing it too so. All right, Anthony McDonald of the stable.ca. Anthony, listen, we really appreciate it once again for fractional ownership, and I do believe this is the way, the modern way to own a racehorse. It's a great way. It's a, not only a great way to own a racehorse, but to bring new fans into the racing industry. Once again, it's www.thestable.ca. Anthony, we certainly appreciate you uh, taking time. I know you got a couple of horses, a couple of drives coming up at Mohawk. Go get them tonight, buddy. I'm actually waiting to go on the track here in a couple of minutes. <laughs> All right, well, All right, get, busy. Very much. Get, get, get to work, buddy. All right, take care, man. All right, that was uh, Anthony McDonald. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, th- we've had a couple of firsts tonight, Mike. We've had Jordan Stratton ready to get onto the racetrack talking to us uh, between races and Anthony McDonald the same way. So, uh, you know, we're, we're we're bothering these people at work, Mike. <laughs> yeah, we're moving right along. Well, coming up next, uh, Mike, we're going to talk to Jason Beam from Bet America, the Bet America Race or Racing Network. I guess you want to call it that too. But the radio network that we uh, are partnering with that's coming up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by Jason Beam, the producer of the Bet America Radio Network. Jason, thanks for taking time out of your night to join us. Hi, guys. How's it going? Not too bad. Well, uh, Jason, talk to us a little bit about uh, what the Bet America Radio Network is and uh, what they do. You know, we do a, I do a daily show. I put it out every morning about 6 a.m. Pacific. Uh, and uh, you know, when, when we originally wanted to create it, you know, there's, there's a lot of shows that are, you know, pretty straight, 
news and opinion with racing, and we wanted to mix it up a little bit and uh, do some comedy bits and do some games and trivia and uh, along with having uh, who I think are our great guests and, uh, you know, do maybe a little more non-traditional interview, a little more behind the scenes of the people and not necessarily their uh, their roles in the game so much. And uh, we started right at the turn of the new year, and it's uh, been a, a really, really great experience. We've been growing listenership every week, and uh, we've had some great guests and really cool interviews, and uh, we've had a lot of fun, and uh, we're real excited to uh, be adding to the uh, the network. Yeah, Jason, uh, we, we talked with you guys earlier this week, and uh, talk to us uh, about kind of what went into the decision to add. I know we've, you, we've talked a little bit this week. We're going to add some harness, but we're also possibly going to add some Greyhound uh, news and notes coming up soon, right? Yeah, you know, Bet America is one of the ADWs that carries just a ton of tracks, including Greyhound tracks and harness tracks. And, uh, you know, we know that there's not a ton of crossover between the harness people and the, and the thoroughbred people. And so we thought, you know, we want to make sure to give who is a good chunk of our betters uh, so, some great quality programming. And uh, we had come across your guys' show uh, actually back when you guys got started. I think we thought we were – Pete, my boss, was, you know, showing it to me uh, months ago. But, uh, you know, we got everything uh, figured out and worked out. And, what, you know, we want to bring a diverse – group of voices and uh, people and, and sports because there are, you know, there's, there's so many different facets to gambling aside from just thoroughbreds, which has kind of always been my focus. Uh, so we think it'll be a, a really cool to bring on, you know, new shows and uh, new stuff and make it a true network as opposed to, you know, just my daily show. Jason Beam from the Bet America Racing Network joining us now. Jason, you have uh, quite an announcing career. You've announced uh, thoroughbreds at quite a few locations. Talk to a little bit uh, or talk to us a little bit about that, if you will. Yeah, I got uh, I got started back in 2006. I uh, I started practicing in like 2005, and I would go up to Emerald Downs and uh, Portland Meadows, and I would just practice on the roofs. Uh, both tracks were real accommodating about that. And uh, in January of '06, the guy at Portland got sick, so I got to fill in for a day and made a demo tape and got hired uh, like literally a month later at River Downs in Cincinnati. And uh, I was over there for three summers. And after my first summer there, I got the guy at Portland had moved on to a different job and so I got that job so for three years I was doing the six months in Oregon six months in Ohio bit and uh, many times during that I would say the wrong state like I you know when I was in Portland I'd say this race for Ohio breads and uh, and vice versa for the uh when I was in Ohio I'd call them Oregon breads so that, that got me in a little bit of trouble but uh yeah I, I was at Riverdale for three years I was at Portland for a total of 10 I took a full-time job there and I called the season at Louisiana Downs and then the, the offer to uh to work with Bet America came about, and uh, I jumped all over it. So it's uh, I've been there since uh, basically right around Christmas time, and so it's been a, a great first few months. And not only Jason, are you a terrific, terrific horse racing announcer? I must tell you, but you're also an author. Talk about uh, Southbound a little bit. Yeah, Southbound was kind of a, a journal entry that got out of hand. Uh, I, I used to uh, fire away at the races at the windows a little bit uh, more than I probably should have, <laughs> and uh, I had kind of given that up. But you know, we had a—I uh, had always had this fantasy of just you know, quitting work, quitting everything, and going to Vegas or LA and being a professional gambler. Like that was always my dream, and uh, you know, that's a pretty hard dream to accomplish, especially when uh, I wasn't as disciplined as you would need to do to do that. And, so I kind of just played out the fantasy in a in a book form, and uh, I really just started writing down how I thought it would play out, what would happen, and eventually it started getting so long that I was like, well, let's add in some new characters, and uh, you know, so I worked on it for about two years, and uh, I, I got some help from some great writers down in Portland uh, in some workshops and stuff, and ended up getting an agent and signed a publishing deal, and it came out in uh, 
March of 2014, Southbound, it's called. And, uh, just just had its uh, second birthday about a month ago, and so it's 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 something I'm really proud of. You know, I, I think it's a good story and a good book and all that, but more so, it, it was just so cool to, you know, see out such a long-term personal project like that, and uh, to see it, you know, in in hard book copy was was a pretty amazing thing. And that's available uh, if anybody'd like to order it. That's available. You can get it at Amazon, I'm sure, right? Yeah, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Powell's, uh, and then uh, various uh, independent bookstores uh, around the country. And Jason, you've also got the Beamy Awards going on. Tell us about that. <laughs> the Beamy <laughs> Awards are, are, are maybe the dumbest thing I've ever done, but in some ways the coolest thing I've ever done. Uh, I, a couple of years ago, I, I, you know, it was uh, getting toward the end of the year. It was like December, and so I was like, I'm going to do a, a fake kind of stupid award show that is kind of just about the absurdity of racing on Twitter. And, you know, there was awards for the biggest Andy Serling hater, and there was awards for uh, best Twitter, be, there was award for best Twitter fight, and for, uh, you know, also, also best uh, photo to Photoshop. And, uh, and it, it was really, it was really something I thought was going to kind of just be like me and my five buddies that would think it was funny. And it kind of got kind of crazy and people uh, seemed to like it. And, Last year I did the second year, and uh, we ended up uh, – I kind of did a lot bigger last year. I did I had videos with it. We had an in-memoriam, uh, which, you know, had a lot of goofy stuff on it. And I think I had in two and a half hours that the show ran, I had 9,800 website views, and we trended nationally. Beamy Awards trended nationally, and it was the number one trending topic on Twitter in Louisville and Lexington. And it just cracks me up because it's just – it's really a stupid thing that I do in my bedroom in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that it, the fact that it got so much attention was was pretty funny, but it, it's really cool because it, it's kind of a night where everybody drops their uh, you know their their guard and just kind of has some fun. Well, you know what? Listen, Jason. Everybody had you know, and that's one of the things that you know industries and the horse racing industry, uh, along with all the other industries. I mean, you know, look at the NFL. I mean, you, you can go on. Uh, HBO or wherever at any time of the night and see NFL bloopers. You know, it doesn't seem like other sports are afraid to kind of poke fun at themselves. It seems like horse racing sometimes it's a little bit too guarded. And, you know, I mean, hey, there are bloopers that happen. We all know it. I, I mean, I'll tell you what, it's probably once every 14 races for me, a blooper happens up in that announcer's booth. So, I mean, you know, listen, you got to be able to poke fun at yourself every once in a while. Yeah, and, and it's funny because like there's been something I mentioned Andy Serling. Like I did a I, I do parody songs for the show, and I had done one to the tune of the Barry Manilow song Mandy, but it was Oh Andy, and uh, you know it was it was about when him and Leperu had gotten in a Twitter fight, and uh, Andy had a great sense of humor about it, and it kind of got popular. Like it had like 1,500 views in the first couple of days, and you know, and it kind of took off, and Andy had a great sense of humor about it. Now I've done a few other songs. Where folks were not so uh, uh, enjoying of my my particular brand of humor, but you know it, it, that, that's kind of it is it is a sport that takes itself very seriously, and I know that nobody likes getting poked fun at, but uh, you know we all I always try to do it in a way that's not not cruel or mean, but you know just kind of like eh, you know we we, we in fact the, the, one of the guys on TVG the other day they had what, they had posted on Twitter that. Uh, Stormcat passed away, but it was really a story from three years ago that just kind of got recycled for some reason. And right. everybody was kind of like giving the TVG guy, the social media guy, some crap. And I noticed on his, his uh, personal Twitter, he said, this has been a really rough day. He goes, but I figured I might have won a Beamy Award. <laughs> 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 
it's become a, a funny little thing in our little uh, lexicon. It, I, I get messages anytime there's a fight going on on Twitter. My my direct messages will go off. They're like, "Hey man, just so you know, uh, the DRF guy's going at it with the clocker guy." <laughs> so so, ba- like so I basically, little, I got little elves. So basically, the Beamy Awards are kind of awarding themselves, so to speak. So all you have to do is just take the notes, and and they kind of create themselves. Listen back to the uh, Bet America Radio Network. Give us uh, the particulars and times that we can listen to your uh, your your uh, podcast. Yeah, folks can just go to betamerica.com slash barn, B-A-R-N, Bet America Radio Network. Uh, those are the kind of the initials in my shows, The Barn. Uh, and I post them every morning at right about 6 a.m. Pacific time, uh, Monday through Friday. And, uh, you know, we'll, they'll be able to find your guys' show there as well as at your guys' website. Uh, you know, it, like I say, we update them every morning, and it's pretty easy to find there on iTunes. Uh, you can look up Bet America Radio Network on Spreaker is another place. I mean, there's a, there's a million places to find it. If you, just, uh, if you don't want to go to betamerica.com slash barn, you can just go to uh, just Google Bet America Radio, and uh, you'll find uh, plenty of different ways to, uh, to listen. Sometimes uh, folks uh, – Websites at work won't let them listen to a game gambling related website, so Spreaker's a really good uh, way to get around that because uh, sometimes you know they block iTunes and all that kind of stuff. All right, Jason Bean from the Bet America Radio Network. Jason, you got any uh, thoughts about the Derby? I got a lot of thoughts. I don't have a lot, a lot of uh, hard hard thoughts yet. I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm kind of one of those people that takes it all in until the last minute. Uh, I, I I've you know, I have some horses I don't like. I have some that I like, but I really don't have any strong opinions just yet. Uh, you know, next week's shows will all really be a lot about kind of tightening up the screws on our uh, on our selections. But uh, you know, I, I rarely give out any kind of selections because I'm pretty crappy at it. I I know I know my role in racing is to uh, to be fun and to you know announce races and uh, and and that's about it. Jason, we certainly appreciate you joining us, sir. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. All right, that was Jason Beam from the Bet America Radio Network. Mike, we're so excited to announce our partnership. We're going to work together with them, and and that is really, uh, listen, our show now is going to be heard on all those particular avenues that uh, Jason mentioned. It's going to be all over the place now, Mike, and uh, we certainly appreciate the opportunity to work with the Bet America Radio Network. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be uh it's going to be a lot of fun and uh when you hear us talk about certain races, you're going to hear us say, you know, you can bet these races at betamerica.com and uh we're we're just we're really excited and uh I guess not really surprised but kind of taken back, Mike, uh from all of this uh, you know, everybody's been so supportive of the show and uh we definitely appreciate that. Yeah, certainly. It's been fantastic. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, visit them, the Bet America Radio Network. Uh, you know, Jason's got a great show there. And, and like you said, it's it's kind of a lighter side, you know, stuff that we've talked about doing a little bit on this show. Uh, you know, the lighter side of a lot of things, because, you know, sometimes, listen, you got to poke fun at yourself a little bit. And, and uh, you know, that's exactly what Jason does. It's a very funny, entertaining show, kind of the lighter side of uh, the lighter side of racing, if you will. Well, Mike, let's take one final time out when we come back. Uh, there's a lot going on this weekend at Harness Racing. We'll kind of uh, put it all in perspective for you and wrap it up on Post Time with Mike and Mike. This is Mike Bozich with Harness Racing's newest podcast, Post Time with Mike and Mike. Our goal is to positively promote the sport of harness racing. Every horse has a story to tell, whether a claimer or a stakes horse, and we plan on telling those stories here on this program. If you would like to advertise on Post Time with Mike and Mike, Send us an email at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com for more information. Also, like us on Facebook 
and follow us on Twitter at PT Mike and Mike One. Listen to a brand new broadcast every Thursday at 1 p.m. Any prior episodes can be listened on demand as well. Log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash PT Mike and Mike. Once again, that's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash PT Mike and Mike. And thanks so much for listening. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter wrapping this up on a Thursday night. But what a heck of a show, Mike. Where did this time go? Uh, hopefully we had something for everybody. Listen, we had an up-and-coming driver. We had a Hall of Fame trainer. Uh, we had a thoroughbred racetrack announcer uh, in the producer of the Bet America Radio Network. We had uh, the director of uh, racetrack operations at Harris Philly. And we had uh, Anthony McDonald, the fractional ownership. I think we covered just about everything today, Mike. Yeah, we about every aspect of uh, every aspect of the harness racing or horse racing world, and we even look at this. We even did handicapping. I, I mean, you know, so uh, so uh, it's definitely been a uh, fun hour and a half. Well, Mike, uh, Freaky Feed Pete is coming up this weekend again at Hoosier Park, and it looks like, and, and this is just you know me throwing it out there. It looks like uh, Larry Reinheimer is going to do it his own way. Um, I remember. Uh, John Asher talking about Michael Match training Barbaro and, you know, saying, you know, did this, you know, this guy's nuts for waiting five weeks from the Florida Derby to the Kentucky Derby, but he was going to do it his own way. And it worked. And so far, so good for uh, Larry Reinheimer and crew. Well, certainly, Freaky Fee Pete is in at Hoosier Park. It's a race 10 on Saturday night. Once again, it's a $21,000 invitational. Last week, I was able to pick up the win in 49-4. and four. Tonight, he faces a six-horse field, uh, and uh, it's no, there's no slouches in that race. Don't get me wrong, but you have to think that Freaky Fee Pete's going to be the decided favorite, so we'll see if he can go two for two here in the 2016 campaign. We've already talked, Mike, about the uh, Dexter Cup coming up Saturday. There's three divisions for three-year-old trotters. That's at Freehold on Saturday. We've talked about the big qualifying day on Saturday at the Meadowlands that even Jimmy said, boy, what a card this is. And we talked about the race that he's going to be in with Pinkman qualifying against the likes of J.L. Cruz, uh, who's already three for three here in 2016, Abrogado, Wind of the North, Barn Dow, and Crazy Wow. You talk about a, uh, a wow qualifier. I think uh, that is certainly one right there, Mike. Yeah, definitely. I've had the luxury of calling Barndall, and uh, she is definitely a monster, uh, monster uh, Philly. And I, I got to say, Mike, since she's been uh, transferred to her new connections, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what she can do on the national circuit. Hamiltonian hopeful Southwind Frank will be qualifying the race before. That's in the sixth race on Saturday morning, and then in race on race twelve uh, on Saturday morning, Mike. Here's another great field of paces in the Arsenal getting set for his 2016 debut with trainer Kelvin Harrison. Tessa Seelster, perfect three for three so far for the Burke Stables. Somewhere in L.A. will be qualifying as well as McWicked qualifying, uh, getting ready for the 2016 debut. So a great qualifying uh, card at the Meadowlands that's coming up on Saturday um, morning. Also, Mike, if that wasn't enough what's coming up this week in harness racing, Canada's reigning horse of the year, state treasurer, will be in action on Saturday at Mohawk. Mike, uh, you know, he uh, went 49-4 and 
four in his qualifier down in the training center in Florida. Of course, last year won the Molson Pace uh, Mohawk Gold Cup, the U.S. Pacing Championship as well, was uh, the top older pacer in both uh, the U.S. and Canada. State treasurer, getting ready to go for Dr. Ian Moore. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a busy, busy weekend for uh, live racing. And Mike, I got to tell you, I'm looking at some of these horses and going, who's coming to the Battle of Lake Erie? Who's coming to the Battle of Lake Erie? There's a ton of eligibles. And uh, I cannot be, you know, listen, everybody at Northfield is so excited about the uh, Battle of Lake Erie. I think I'm like on top nine when it comes to this. And so uh, I'm pretty excited. I mean, there's names like All Bets Off, uh, Foiled Again, Freaky Feed Pete, Wiggle It, Jiggle It. I mean, the list goes on and on of the uh, horses that are nominated. So uh, it's I've been keeping my eyes on some of these horses for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's one thing, and this is what we tell all the fans all the time. It's one thing to watch these horses on TV, but it's another thing to go out and watch them live. And we urge each and every one of you, you know, if you're listening and if you're in the general area, of one of these fantastic courses and you get a chance to go see him live at a racetrack near you, certainly do it. Nuncio won overseas, Mike. I did want to bring that up. Nuncio was successful overseas, although it was a hard fought victory. A race maybe should have won a little bit more easier. He still was able to get the job done. And one final note, Mike, uh, the Italian American amateur friendship challenge is going on in Naples, Italy. Uh, and it was actually, it was funny because uh, watching Nick Zurich post about that on Facebook, him and Hannah had some uh, flight issues getting over there, but uh, they uh, finally did uh, make the land. But uh, Joe Panaccio, Steve Oldford, uh, Mike Mitchell, and uh, Hannah Miller and Dean Spriggs will be over there uh, to compete uh, in that friendship challenge in Italy. So uh, certainly on behalf of all of us here in the States, go Team America. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a lot of fun to see some of our drivers go over there and uh, kind of take on the people who uh, sometimes they come over here as well. So uh, it, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, Hannah Miller, a post-time uh, with Mike and Mike award winner. Uh, and uh, we wish all them luck out there in Italy. Well, where has this time gone? I'll tell you what, we had a great, great uh, time here today. I want to thank all of our guests, Jimmy Tactor, Jordan Stratton, Barry Brown, Anthony McDonald, Jason Beam for joining us. And once again, you can find us, of course, not only on our website at Post Time with Mike and Mike, but also, Mike, on the Bet America Radio Network. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've got a great partnership with BetAmerica.com. And bet all of the this racing or this weekend's racing action at BetAmerica.com. Well, Mike, it's been a lot of fun. I, uh, I know I've enjoyed it. It's like you said, we've hit every possible aspect that I think we could hit tonight. For all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, I'm Mike Carter. For Mike Bozich, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next Thursday with the first post of 7 o'clock. Good night. <laughs>